The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, July 23rd, 2015. Tonight's episode of One-on-One -on -one with Poppy Chulo is brought to you by RentBoy.com. RentBoy.com is the original and the world's largest male escort site and the home of hashtag LoveWhatIDo. Watch exclusive videos, read in-depth interviews, and get a chance to meet some of the sexiest men in the world via RentBoy.com. Find out more at RentBoy.com forward slash LoveWhatIDo. Listeners, please welcome a fan-favorite gay adult star... Cutler X. Welcome to the show, Cutler X. Thanks. Thanks so much. You're welcome. I'm certainly glad to have you on. We've been talking about doing this for a minute, so I'm excited to have you on the show so that the listeners and your fans can get to know a whole lot more about Cutler X. Wow. Well, this is a, this is a fantastic opportunity. I hope I can open up and uh, let people know exactly what they want to hear. Sounds like a plan. So let's dive into the interview. And typically, I like to get stats out the way in the beginning. So what's your height and weight? Okay, I am 5'10". I weigh 180 pounds. What's your ethnic background? I'm a black American born in Los Angeles. What's your zodiac sign? Virgo. And how old are you? I'm 50. Now that's something I would have never guessed. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of proud of it. I've made it. Absolutely, man. So let's go back in time and let's get to know the man behind the performer. So you mentioned you're originally from Los Angeles, California. What was life like growing up for Cutler X? What were you like as a child, as a teenager? Wow. Well, as, as I was a troublemaker youngest of six so I got in plenty of trouble and my brothers and sisters cut me no slack um, I got beat up a lot in high school <laughs> not in junior high but in high school uh, kind of left home at uh, 18 joined the army stayed in the army for five years moved back to LA 20 years after I joined the army and um, I don't know. I hope I didn't skip too much in there. I think you did good. Uh, thank you for your service uh, for our country. I started out in um, Fort Benning. My first tour out of the country was in Germany. 
um, for a year and a half. And uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. I don't know if I was not sure who I was sexually or in the closet, but I really don't think I was in the closet. I think I was just doing me at the time. So um, I didn't know what, um, as, a, as a real young man, I didn't know what I wanted um, sexually, but it came along at some point in time. That's what's up. So when did you initially realize your attraction to men? At the age of 29. Uh, yeah. I um, I was married for five years. So um, having a hard time with my wife. And um, I actually went up into Seattle um, and met a guy. And uh, that's where it all started, I would say. So I got a divorce and um, never looked back. So once you realized your attraction to men and started exploring this attraction, did you at all have a coming out moment? I, I don't think I had a coming out moment. I think I just, uh, I think after I made that first trip to, to Seattle and it was kind of hard times with my wife, I, um, I moved out, got my own place within a week. So, um, and then um, I started hanging out in Seattle a lot. So I don't think it was um, like having a coming out party or expressing to the world that I'm gay. It just, I, I guess I realized who I was and what I wanted. That was it. What was going on with your life prior to entering the gay adult industry? Let's see. I um, I worked road construction, um, underground utilities, um, in Seattle for nine years, and I owned my own uh, construction company. I was uh, specialized in kitchens and bathrooms. And one day, someone asked me if I would, uh, if I were interested in doing a porn with them, and I said yes. And I went to um, do this porn with Hot House and the guy that had invited me to do a porn with him was not even there. So it was not a, a big interest of mine. It was just, you know, um, someone asked me, so I went. I wasn't even curious about it. That's interesting. So prior to that moment, had you at all had a small idea in your head to uh, do work in the adult industry? Was that something that mm -hmm. you had wanted to try or was it really sort of like you know, right place, right time. That's how the situation happened. Yeah, I guess it was the right place, right time, because I was not, I was not interested in, in porn. I didn't even think about it. I wasn't even a, a, a big watcher of porn. So when, uh, whoever it was who I can't remember asked me, I just said, yes, you know, it was like, you want to go to the beach? Yes. So it was just kind of like, um, a non thought decision um, and I went and it was interesting and it was a few years after that before I did another porn. So it wasn't like I got the porn bug all of a sudden. I did the, the first one for Hot House and then I did another one and I did a third one. And it was probably three years after that when I moved to Europe 
that I really started filming with, with Tim Tails. And at that point, I got the, the boring bug. I was just like, wow, I like this. Uh, people were starting to to notice me. People um, would would talk to me about porn, and you know, I I was kind of like it was still it was still new to me. And people were asking me, how do they get in in into porn? All I could ever say to them was, you know, each company has their um, their website. Just go there and fill out the application on there. That's about all I can tell you. Why was there a bit of a delay between, uh, how should I put this? There was a three-year gap. Why was there a three-year gap in uh, your work, especially in the beginning of your career? In the beginning, I think um, my first experience was not a good experience. So I was, you know, I, 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 I was able to say, like a lot of people, I, I've done a porn, you know, and I was satisfied with that. And uh, it wasn't until a few years later that someone asked me to do another porn that I did it. And I guess the experience was better, but it wasn't until I moved to Europe when I started working with Tim Tales, uh, the way that they film is so different than the previous experiences that I had that um, I began to like it. Let's talk about uh, the initial experiences that you had on set. What was it like for you the first time that you were on set? Were you nervous, excited, scared? It was the, the first, no, I wasn't scared. I wasn't excited. I was absolutely bored to death. Um, they had us come there at 11 o'clock, <clears throat> and we didn't start filming until 6 o'clock in the evening. So that's why it was a bad experience for me. Um, I'm not saying that all companies are like that because they're not. It was just that first experience was absolutely horrible. And the, pretty much the only reason that I stayed was one of the guys that I got a chance to work with, uh, Rick Jammer. I had a big session with him. Um, and so we got a chance to film together later on that evening. So that kind of made me want to hang around. That's interesting. So. How did that experience completely change when you started working in Europe? In Europe, um, pretty much um, the guys at Ten Tales, they would ask me who I wanted to film with. They would uh, show me the guys. And if I, were, if I was not attracted to the guys, if there was not a sexual attraction or some energy going on, I, I, I wouldn't film with them. So uh, it was it was more than just a bottom and a top making a movie. It was two guys that wanted to have sex. And it wasn't scripted. It was pretty much, okay, you guys get started and just pretend like I'm a fly on the wall. And sometimes we would start kissing or sucking or whatever, and then they'd walk in with the camera. So it, was, it really felt like it was just sex between two people. And I think that's what a lot of people saw when they started to see those videos. Very nice. So, in total, how long would you say you've been in the gay adult industry? Uh, 12 years. Nice. That's definitely veteran status right there, Color X. <laughs> So, I mean, I've, I've been told that I'm at the top of my game now, so that's a good thing to to hear. 
Absolutely, uh, man. Past twelve years, so that's very true. Let's talk about your poor name. I feel that a name in the adult industry is very important. You got to pick the right name. So, how did you come up with your name, Cutler X? Cut. Okay. Well, Cutler is actually my great grandfather's name. And when I was a kid, I was like a shadow, so everyone called me Little Cutler. And when I decided to do porn, I didn't think I had a porn name. I was like, uh, I don't have a porn name. They, they said, well, we thought Cutler was your porn name. I said, no, that's my, well, you know, it's the name I grew up with. You know, it's the name that kids called me at school. It's the, the name that the old ladies down the street from my mother, and they still call me Little Cutler, believe it or not. Um, so it's, it's kind of my family name and the X came along years later, which is, uh, Xavier. So it's actually Cutler Xavier. I like it. I think you picked a great name. When you're on set, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Wow. I think just just knowing that I'm going to get a chance to fuck again, it, it turns me on. I I like the ass of a guy. I like to eat the ass. I, I like to kiss. I like the, the whole experience. And I'm still kind of wrapped up in that. I get excited when I'm getting ready to film. So uh, my turnoffs would be hygiene, I guess, or being with the wrong guy. If it's, if it's the wrong guy, I just don't want to be there. And I, I, I will not film with the wrong guy. How can you tell it's the wrong guy? It, it just It's just not working. It, it feels like you're trying to make something happen. And if you're trying to make it happen, then it's going to come across like that in on film. And I have turned down filming with two people because of that. Because when the film goes out, the guys that are watching the film, they don't want to see me try to have sex. They want to see me have sex. So... Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving oral? <laughs> that really does depend on the person that's giving me head. Because if he's no good, of course, then I would rather give it than get it. Well, there you go. I think that makes sense. <laughs> In a scene, rimming, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving? I definitely enjoy rimming more than I enjoy getting rimmed. I, I just love eating ass, period. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position and does it differ from your favorite position off camera? Uh, it, is, it is pretty much the, the same position on camera and off camera. I don't get a chance to do it much on camera, but it's when I'm actually laying down and the guy is facing away from me and I am pumping up into his ass. So you like to be ridden? Yes. Yeah. And of course, we all know how a scene ends with the pop shots. Where's your favorite place to shoot your load? As deep in as I can get it. That's that's 
it, but a lot of people like to be able to push it back out. So, um, and filming is coming, period. But if, if I'm not filming, as deep in as I can get it. Overall, throughout your career, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I, I can honestly say my my number one favorite was uh, Frederick Berlin, and um, I did I never met him until we were on the scene, and I had a crush on him, a big big crush on him. And uh, when the video came out, a lot of people asked us if we were actually uh, boyfriends in real life. Um, of course, Adam Russo had lots of fun filming with him through the years. And Armand Rizzo, which is one of my all-time favorite videos. Um, just fantastic. It, 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 it gets my dick hard watching it. Who haven't you worked with yet that you're looking forward to working with in the future? Are there any performers oh. that are on your must-do list? Yes, but I don't have my must-do list in front of me, and I have no memory. <laughs> well, there you go. Do you watch your own scenes and films? I guess you kind of answered that by saying that you have uh, an all-time favorite with Armand Rizzo. Yes, that's probably the only one that I can honestly say that I watch. Speaking of porn in general, how old were you when you saw a porn film for the very first time? Uh, I don't remember when I saw the first porn film, but my brothers had lots of porn magazines. So I, I don't remember when I saw the first porn. Now it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. You ready for this, Color X? Oh, yes. How much is Color X packing? <laughs> oh, I was expecting something else. Woo! Uh, 11 by 7. Well, there you go. So, listeners, you got the girth as well. <laughs> Since you just let the listeners know what the size is, 11 by 7, will the listeners be able to take you home in, in a particular way in the sense that uh, will the listeners ever be able to have an official Cutler X dildo? Are there at all plans to create an official dildo? We... We actually did a cast of the the no. We actually did a cast of my dick, and um, the guy that did it, it it came out where the 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 cast had it looking like it had foreskin rather than all the foreskin always punched down, and I was excited about that. And uh, he said that he had made a few. And then when I contact him again, he said, we have to recast it. It didn't work out. So I don't know when it will happen, but uh, four months ago, we did give it a shot. So I'll have to go back and see if we can make that happen. If I can't make it happen with him, if anyone knows who I need to contact, 
let's, um, you know, cutlerx at AOL.com. Let me know. We talked about the pop shots a couple of questions ago. For you as a performer, do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot? Are you the type of person that likes to eat certain things? Are you the type of person that abstains from doing things before a shoot to make sure that you have a good pop shot? What goes into, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the pop shot for a scene and making sure that it's a good one? I, I don't do anything special. I don't not have sex the night before. I, it's just what comes out is what comes out. I don't eat anything special. I wish I knew for sure that there was something I could eat to ensure that I had a great pop shot. But I don't, I haven't had anyone come to me and say, I'm disappointed in your pop shot in that last scene. So I, I'm not going to try to change anything I'm doing. If it's working, might as well stick to it. There you go. If it's not broke, don't stick to it. Exactly. Let's talk about some of your experiences on set. Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? Not yet, no. I mean, all of my bottoms have been fairly clean, you know, or just clean enough to, to go back and touch up and come back, so nothing embarrassing has happened. What's the craziest thing that you've done in a scene? I've done nothing um, that that I would consider that I would consider crazy or out of the ordinary because all of my scenes are pretty much, it's not that they're the same, but I, they're not, generally they're not scripted, so it, they're generally just sex. You know, they're, they're two guys in a room having sex. I haven't been out on a, you know, a site where I've had to climb up scaffolding or climb under something just to get a perfect shot. It's just generally been uh, consistent sex with me. Well, let's talk about something that I'm sure the listeners might think is crazy. Crazy, maybe in a good way. Crazy in it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe uh, they did that kind of way. Double penetration. Yes. Now, <laughs> I'm sure the listeners can assume what the bottom feels as uh you know the person getting double penetrated but as the top in the scene what does that feel like for you how do you make that happen you know are there a lot of attempts at uh you know getting both of you in there like what goes what sort of like goes into the minutia of uh, making the perfect double penetration or at least to make the double penetration look good on camera okay well, um, I, I can say sometimes double penetration happens spontaneously because once I was fucking this guy for Tim Tales and Tim himself was kind of walked in and he saw me fucking the guy and he was like, he wanted to get in there. And he just walked on the set and slid his dick in there. And being a gay man who loves dick, who loves to be around other men, to have somebody 
just come in and slide in with you, it felt absolutely amazing. It felt absolutely amazing. There wasn't four attempts. It just, he just walked in the position I was in, the position the bottom was in. He slid right in. It felt good. Both of us were, were, were moving in and out, and it just worked. I don't think he even came in the same. Then he walked away. And there's been attempts at trying to make it happen. Sometimes there's four or five attempts at uh, trying to get double penetration to to look right on camera. But it still feels good just having another dick up against your dick in a tight space. And especially if you guys can can both move, it just it feels fantastic. You you just have the different heat that you can feel from the ass and the heat that you fill off the other dick, and it just feels great. Now here's another big question, Color <laughs> X, that I'm sure the listeners and your fans and supporters might be curious to know. You ready? <laughs> okay. We've seen Color X as a power top. You've topped in all of your scenes, correct? Yes, this is correct. Will there ever be a color X bottoming scene? Let me answer this slowly because um, I know a lot of people want to know, do you bottom? Well, I came out at the age of 29. And when you come out, you for me, I thought I had to do everything and try everything. I tried bottoming. It's just not, I'm not a fan of bottoming for me. So for me to have to bottom on film, it is absolutely, I, don't, I think it's out of the question. It's not something that I, I don't think I would enjoy and I wouldn't want to see. And I'm sure most of my followers would not want to see that. So the answer is no. <laughs> That was a good answer, though. There was an explanation. It wasn't just a no, so certainly listeners give him props on that. But unfortunately, you won't see him. Take it up the butt. (laughs) I want to move the interview into serious territory and talk about some of the serious issues in the gay adult industry. And the first thing that I want to discuss is family. Does your family know about your career in the gay porn industry? And if so, how do they feel about it? Uh, Yes, my family does know. They know that uh, I'm in the gay uh, adult industry. They know that I escort. They are very proud of everything that I do. My brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. Um, all know, my extended family knows, and they are really proud because I'm the first one to say I'm going to be me. I'm not trying to, to feel the status quo or be a certain way. Uh, I'm just doing what I want to do and I'm enjoying my life. I can, um, remember my sister was having an awards dinner and Two of my cousins, two of my girl cousins, were sitting at the table with me. And uh, one of my cousins slid over and said, you have to tell me about this prostitute thing. And the other one slid over and said, yeah, I want to know too. So it's not a hidden thing in my family. You know, it's just, it's out there. And it, it made me feel good. 
it made me feel good because they're they're um, they're aware and they're interested. Well, there you go. That's good to know, man. It's great that uh, you have the support of your family and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's good to hear. You're welcome. It feels really good. As a black male performer in the gay adult industry, have you ever felt any racism or discrimination directed at you? Yes. It it happens quite a bit. And in a... um, Sometimes it's indirect. Sometimes it's 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 in a question, and that question is probably not what everybody else is thinking. And that is, why don't you film with black guys? I heard you don't like black guys. Uh, I never see you film with black guys. Are you interested in black guys? Your boyfriend is not black. Uh, you know, that's the the racism that I get, and it it it's generally coming in the form of a question but I can answer that and that is when I started filming in LA I was asked by a company to film with white guys and then when I when my career kicked off when I was in Europe which was in Germany there there aren't very many black guys in film in Germany so the bulk of my career was in Germany and then when I moved back to the States, most of the companies that asked me to film, I don't, I don't really seek out to film. A lot of people ask me to film, and maybe I should start seeking out the, the companies where there are more black guys filming, and maybe someone will say, yeah, sure, come on, film with us. So maybe that's my fault, that I don't um, actively seek out, seek to, to film very much. So... Maybe in 2015, I will start filming with more black companies and or film with more companies that have more black guys that want to film with me and uh, we'll have it out there. That was a very good answer, Color X. I appreciate it. Are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's um, that we don't have lives, <laughs> uh, that we don't love, uh, that um, you know everything you see in the video is the person. Because I, a, another thing that I have is people will approach me and say, "Oh, I know what kind of guys you like," which you don't know what kind of guys I like. Um, I know how you like to fuck because that's what you see me doing in the video. But, I mean, I think a lot of porn performers, including myself, we have lives. You know, uh, we do love, we do cry. Um, we do want someone to, to hold on to when there's no one there. And when we go out to a bar, we don't mind people approaching us, asking us, you know, do, would you like a drink or um, would you like to dance? It's um, rather than stand back and and say, oh, he's he's a, he's an escort or he's a uh, a porn star. He won't have anything to do with me. Don't you know? You shouldn't do that to anyone. 
In your opinion, is there any competition among performers in the gay adult industry? Wow, of course there is. Of course there is competition because everyone wants to be the best. Everyone wants to have their photo put on the, the front of that box cover so that, you know, that they can point it out. You know, oh, that's me. You know, I was in there or flip it over and say, that's me on the back or I'm in that video. Um, so, yes, there is. Um, is there an aspect of the gay adult industry that you do not enjoy? Well, I have, I have not considered that. I guess if there's something that I don't enjoy, I just don't, I don't partake in it, so I don't, I don't know. What's your opinion on the popularity of bareback porn in the gay adult industry? Well, I, my opinion changed on, <clears throat> on bareback porn once people had the option to have bareback sex and still protect themselves. Uh, so, um, years ago, people asked me, uh, why wouldn't I do bareback porn? And that was because I had a lot of people, a lot of young people watching my porn, and I didn't want to influence them to do anything. But once they had the opportunity to take care of themselves with things such as prep, giving them a, an option to be able to have bareback sex in their own lives and uh, still remain safe my attitude changed and that was uh, when you have an option it's okay but before they didn't have an option I was not in I was not in too much in agreement with it okay so because of the availability of prep that's when you decided to start doing beer vaccines that's correct I would say a few years ago, bareback mm -hmm. porn was certainly shunned on in the industry, and then it became a very popular niche, and it's certainly taken over the industry. I mean, it's one of the top sellers in the gay adult industry. What's your take on bareback's popularity and acceptability as well in the industry? Because now, as opposed to before, performers were sort of getting shunned in the beginning and now you know it's perfectly fine to see a performer doing condom scenes and bareback scenes well I think the acceptability in the in the um, in the industry far as uh, the people no longer being shunned a lot of that has to do with people making more money they they realized that's where the money is even though they were on the the bandwagon that said oh no i would never do porn um that's bareback i would never have anything to do with it i would not let my company film that way and they changed their minds well it has a lot to do with the shift the shift is the money is here so everybody's going toward the money is what it is and listeners color x just broke it down for us 
let's talk about romance in the industry. Um, do you find it difficult to maintain a romantic relationship while working in the gay adult industry? And in particular, I'm asking this to you because you were in a very public relationship. I wouldn't necessarily say it was like public public, but I mean, you know, there were a lot of posts on social media. And so obviously the listeners and the fans that have been your supporters and have been, uh, you know, your hardcore fans, they know that you were dating a fellow performer because it was all over social media. And nowadays with social media, it makes it easier for the fans to be a part of uh, your life in a sense. So, in your opinion, as a performer who has dated fellow performer, do you find it difficult to maintain a romantic relationship while doing the work that you do? I do not. Um, I think a relationship, even though you share it with the world, so to speak, through social media, it still boils down to those two people having their relationship. If they do not have the glue that's going to make their relationship stick, then it's not going to stick. But if it's there and you, you talk and um, you, well, not talk, you communicate with one another, uh, things will remain fine. Um, the performer that I dated was Adam Russo, and it was a little more than um, two and a half years. And we always said that we would talk. And it, um, as long as we talked, as long as we kept communication open, the relationship was fantastic. Um, somewhere along the line, we went our separate ways. We're still really good friends. We uh, still share a house together in Los Angeles. And, um, I mean, we're not a couple anymore, but we are truly uh, friends. And I think we'll be friends for life. So... That sounds really nice. I'm glad that uh, things could end on a positive note. I think we typically hear of relationships ending and it's always uh, very negative and uh, there's a lot of vitriol. So it's nice to see that you two were able to uh, make it out with a clean break. Yeah, yeah. Let's move away from the serious stuff and let's talk a bit about the other adult-oriented job that you have, which is uh, what you mentioned earlier in the interview, that is your escorting. For those out there that might be curious, you can actually check out Cutler X's uh, escorting profile on rempboy.com. It's actually rempboy.com slash cutlerx. So... uh, We discussed how you entered the gay adult industry, but let's talk about how you uh, became, or I should say how you started escorting. How exactly did you get into, or I should say, get involved in escorting? Okay. Let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, Once again, when I came out, I came out in Seattle. And I was the guy that went around the park and fucked and sucked dick every chance I could get. And I kind of decided that I wanted to be an escort, and I kind of looked it up one day in Seattle, and the guys in the back of the magazine, they were really skanky, and I felt like, oh, that's not what I want to do. So it took me a few years, 
probably about eight years before I started escorting. And I was in Miami, and um, I, at that time, I was a fitness instructor, and I owned my uh, construction company. And, um, wow, my my boyfriend had got strung out on Crystal. And I walked in on a conversation where we were getting ready to lose the house. And I, um, when he got off the phone, I asked him what was going on, and he told me. And I went to the bank and pulled all my money out, and when he saved the house. And I said, you know what, I've been wanting to be an escort, and I think I can make money doing this. And don't get me wrong, I had my construction business, I had my fitness um, franchise, but it was just something that I wanted to do. So this was kind of a way that I thought I could make some money and put it back in the bank really quickly. And that's exactly what happened. And um, that's where uh, the escorting came from. So overall, how long have you been an escort? I, uh, let's see, let me count really quick. I've been an escort for 12, 12 years, 12 years. Okay, so about the same amount of time that you've been in the gay adult industry. Right, correct. Right now, Rent Boy is actually having this big campaign called Hashtag Love What I Do. So I've got to ask you, Cutler X, what appeals to you most about escorting? Why do you love what you do? I love sex. Period. I absolutely love sex. So either if I were not escorting, I would probably still be the guy running around the park giving it away. So I, um, I chose to um, make a profit rather than give it away. Well, that makes sense. So I, I, hashtag, I love the profit. <laughs> you love the profit because you love what you do. Exactly. I do. I love it. Describe your clientele. Wow. Um, it varies. You, uh, it can be the guy that is sitting at the bar across from you that you're kind of cruising a little bit, or the guy you see in the grocery store, or the guy you sometimes um, blow your horn at because he's in your way. I mean, the clientele comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, he can be the guy that you see at the gym that, you know, you've been wanting to have sex with and you, one day he calls you. So you, you, you really never know uh, what's going to be on the other side of that phone. What sex act with a client do you enjoy the most? Fucking really. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you kiss your clients? I do. I think uh, kissing is uh, a part of sex. And I mean, sometimes there's sex without kissing, but um, for the most part, it's it's just part of it. It's part of it's part of sex. 
What request do you get the most from your clients? Do I kiss? And my reply is, I have no problem with kissing if the person that I'm kissing takes care of their hygiene before they arrive and not smoke a cigarette in the front yard before coming in. What has been an unusual request from a client? I think, uh, I have to think on that one. The, the most unusual one was the client that wanted me to wear stockings and high heels. And did you comply? I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> what size shoe do you wear, Cutler X? <laughs> it's two and a half. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself in a dangerous situation with a client? I have not. That's a good thing, knock on wood. That's, that's, that's a very, very good thing. I, um, I treat my clients uh, and my safety pretty much like most people treat a first date with someone. You're not going to be foolish. You don't know this person. Yes, you are letting them in your house, but you do, you let someone in your house on the first date. So, you know, don't be fearful and don't always think about what could happen that's bad. Just take care of yourself alone. You need to take care of yourself and make sure your safety is, you know, you're, you're able to take care of yourself in any type of situation. Have you ever been stiffed by a client? In all of the years, I've had two clients stiff me. And one was in 2015. A guy actually climbed out of my bathroom window. Wow. The other person that stiffed me was in New York. And it was a client that I had for, I don't think, well, I'll let, I'll let you, you be the judge on this. If he stiffed me or if he stole from me. He's a client of mine for more than two years. And so, you know, you have this rapport with him. You have this relationship with him after two years. And he put the money on the dresser. He went and took a shower. And I was tired, so I kind of dozed off a little bit. And he came back in and asked me if he could lay down on the bed with me. And I said, sure. And I dozed off, and he took the money. And I woke up, and the money was gone. And I looked around the room, and my computer was there, so I was happy about that. The guy whose apartment that I was renting, his bikes were there. I was really happy about that. The TV was there. so. For him to take just the money, I was okay with that. It's just the fact that every time I go to New York and he sees my ass, he's the one that's fearful and not me. Because he knows he can never contact me again. That was, a, you know, I don't think he stiffed me. I think he stole from me. But I'm glad he only stole that and not some of the things that were in the apartment. Yeah, I think he did both, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in all of these years, that has been the only the only two uh, cases. Which is a good thing. I mean, considering uh, the amount of time that you've been doing it, and I'm sure the amount of clients that you have, the, the clientele that you've built up. Right. 
Speaking about your clientele, on average, how many clients do you see a week? It's, uh, <clears throat> it really does depend on the city you're in. It depends on how long you're in that city and if it's your home city or not. When I'm in L.A., I don't work very much at all. It's a strange place. But when I am in New York, I can work. I can say, I don't know how many times I work a week. I, sometimes I can work three times in a day. Uh, sometimes I'll have a lucky day where I work five times in a day. Um, the most I've ever worked in one day has been eight times, and that has been in Paris. Wow. And, and uh, with each time popping or not necessarily? No, not necessarily. A lot of people that, that hire escorts are there for um, the experience of being with you. And when they pop, they're, they're satisfied. You know, sometimes you have those who, who want you to pop. You know, that's, that's their goal. And you oblige, you know. But, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're there. 15 minutes, sometimes they're, they're 59 minutes. So, there you have it. What city in the U.S. and what city around the world are you most popular in? Or do you see yourself having the most clients in? I think New York in the, in the U.S., most definitely. And uh, Paris in uh, Europe. Very popular in Paris. The French love the 11 by 7. I think so. <laughs> they, I'll have to say this, they love it, and I'm going to speak very candid about that. They love it, but most of them do not know how to clean for 11 by 7. And that's all I have to say about that. So in France, Color X has been to the fudge factory. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> You've been Willy wonka <laughs> Color X had the golden ticket, and he didn't want it. He was trying to give it away, listeners. He was trying to give it away, but uh, he was stuck with uh, it, unfortunately. The is not that good. <laughs> How long do you uh, see yourself continuing to escort? Uh, I, I, You know, I love it, and I think... I don't know. I don't. I mean, I have a, a few other projects that I'm working on, and as I've always said, that if I am not making profit from it, I'm going to end up giving it away. So, as long as I think people are not looking at me saying, "Oh, I remember when he was good looking, but I want to do him anyway," I'll continue to do it. We've discussed some of the sort of unusual requests, the most requested things that you get from your clients. 
So I'm sure that some of the listeners might be curious to know, is there anything that you wouldn't do for your client? I, um, yeah, (laughs) um, I'm, I'm not a scat person. I'm not into blood. I'm not into getting tied up. Um, I'm not into being dominated. I'm not being, I'm not into any way, shape or form, uh, being told what to do. So, I mean, I've had occasions where I've had clients come to me with the attitude of I'm paying for it. So, um, you know, you'll do what I say and I just tell them, you know, Hey, this is not working. So I'm, you know, you don't have to pay me. So I'm leaving. So, you know, it, sometimes things, it depends on the attitude behind, you know, what's being said or what they want you to do. If a client contacts me and, and this has happened and says to me, I, I'm into Lycra. I would love for you just to walk around in underwear for an hour. I have no problem with that, none whatsoever. And then there's some clients where I showed up at the door and they have this pile of underwear that they want me to wear. And I say, you know what? That's not for me. I will not do it. I, I have to be aware of what I'm going to do or you have to, I just have to be aware of what's gonna, what, what I'm getting into if I, if I choose to do it or not. So not that I would not wear underwear for an hour, but if you, if I get there and you say, here's this underwear, I want you to wear this for an hour, I, I just will not do it. And for the listeners that uh, might be interested, their interest might have been piqued by uh, you talking about it. Just a reminder, you can uh, contact Cutler X for his services <laughs> via rentboy.com slash Cutler so Cutler, let's move away from the escorting. Let's talk more about you. As if we haven't been throughout this entire interview, let's talk about your physique. How often do you work out and do you consistently have to watch what you eat in particular when you know you have a shoot coming up? I try to get to the gym at least three times a week. But with lots of travel, I don't always make it. Um, <clears throat> but I try. When I'm home or when I'm in a, a city like New York where I have a gym membership or if I'm in San Francisco where the gym is you know, a block or two away and I'm not in some hotel, excuse me, I try to get to the gym and, and work out consistently. Um, until about three months ago, I've, I've never had a problem with weight, but you guys will notice that I'm starting to um, put more pictures of me out there, and that's because I was not happy with my physique, and I actually talked to a plastic surgeon about having the, the fat that was starting to build up in my back uh, frozen off, and he said that he would look into it. And so I decided to give up candy bars. And I gave up the candy bars, and a lot has changed. It made me feel good about uh, taking pictures again. So um, not that I, I say that, oh, I wasn't in good shape, 
but I had an interview. Well, it wasn't an interview. I read an article that um, someone quoted and said that Cutler was not muscular. And you know, that made me examine myself. I didn't think it was a negative thing. It just made me back up and examine myself. And I felt like, okay, I could get in better shape. And therefore, I've been working on being more consistent with my three times a week at the gym. Um, and uh, I, I feel better and I look better and I'm ready to um, do more close-up shots, so to speak. What was your favorite candy bar? What was your candy bar of choice? <laughs> Snickers. Snickers. Snickers, Snickers. My favorite cookies were Oreos. They could be double stuffed or not. My favorite ice cream was anything except chocolate. My favorite cake uh, was almost anything. <clears throat> uh, any kind of cheesecake. Uh, pecan pie. The whole nine yards and lots of soda well there you go well we already know that you love a good double stuff <laughs> in your opinion what part of your body is the sexiest and why i have always thought that my waistline was the sexiest and it's because it's there's movement there. There's always movement there. And um, when I see a guy, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love a nice chest, but I love a nice chest with a tight waist. Doesn't have to be the six-pack, just a tighter waist. Let's get the flip side of that question. In your mm -hmm. opinion, what part of your body do you like the least and why? My feet. My feet. You got some toe now, jam. Now gonna start looking. Oh, everything. <laughs> some eagle talons. I've got some bad, really, really bad feet, and and I, mean, I, I do work on them. Oh, almost a camel toe. <laughs> I I do get them. Um, bunions. What is it? A pedicure? No, no bunions. Not that bad. Corn. But. Uh, um, oh yeah, I have corns, I have bad toenails, my feet are pretty even, but uh, really hard on the bottom, and that comes from when I was a kid, I used to walk around all the time with no shoes, so I guess my, my body just still thinks I want to walk around with no shoes, so they, they're really thick, and they get caught in the sheets and stuck on my socks, and I've had a couple of um, people write me online and tell me I need to do something with my crusty feet. So, I'm not the only one that's been aware of my feet, so don't go back and look at the old videos and go, oh yeah, he does have bad feet. Keep looking at the dick. <laughs> Listeners, don't look at his feet. You'll be hypnotized into submission <laughs> if you do. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there and just in general, manscaping. Okay. Manscaping. I've never had an issue with manscaping. I was in my 20s before I got a full bush of 
pubic hair, and I get accused all the time of trimming. I do not trim. I have not shaved the hair on my chest since the 80s. And um, I don't shave my legs or my arms. I just have very little body hair. So if you have little body hair and it looks good on you, keep it. If it looks like something at the bottom of a tree sticking out, you might want to do something with it. In your personal life, do you get into any kinds of fetishes? Yes. I, I like light bondage. I love fisting. I have a swing in my house that I use several times a week um, with or without clients. Um, I enjoy the feel of leather on my skin. I wear leather um, quite a bit when I go out. Um, it, I think it's just a part of a, a part of the things that I like. Cutler X, let's go back in time once more. How and when? Did you lose your virginity? And let's talk about both of your virginities, because uh, you have a virginity that you popped with a female, as well as one with a male. Okay. <laughs> the honest truth, I was a little pervert as a kid. Um, Why am I not surprised? Oh, uh, yeah, really. My cousins, both boys and girls, we used to play with one another in the closet. And, um, I don't, I can't remember exactly when, if I were seven or if I was eight, but somewhere around there was, um, the first time I, I, I had sex with a girl and yes, I'm a pervert. It was my cousin. Oh, Cutler X. It is what it is. The truth is the truth. And your first time with the male? In the closet. Good grief. As a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutler X, tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. That most people don't know. Hmm... Other than I like, I absolutely love to roller skate, uh, ride electric bikes, and uh, I don't know. Well, it's quirky enough. You can find Cutler X at the Roller Disco every Saturday night. There you go. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Content and happy. That was simple. <laughs> Cutler X, as we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, five pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans tuning in right now to get to know some of your favorites. So the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Empire, 
is the only one that I'm watching on whatever it is that that that, that machines. But I, I really don't watch TV. So the last time I actually turned on my TV was a couple of weeks ago. And when I stopped watching Empire, when it when I finally saw that the last episode was probably the last time I really turned on TV other than the news. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? My... I, I do love Reba McIntyre. I'm absolutely thrilled that Garth Brooks has come out with a new album. I do love Beyonce. And I can't think of anyone else. What are three of your most favorite films? A movie called Dave is my all-time number one. Um, the second one is Sweet Dreams, which is a classic Klein life story, and I can't think of anything else. What are two foods you can't live without? Hamburgers and tacos. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Sex. <laughs> no. Um, I would have to say Mountain Dew Soda. What's next for Cuddler X? What can the listeners and the fans that are tuning in right now expect and anticipate from you in the near future? Wow. Well, there's one project that is in motion now, and it's a uh, television project, uh, cable TV, and I will be a vampire in a new uh, cable series that is called Immortals. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I can't tell you anything about it. Uh, Everything is pushing forward on it, and it should be on TV uh, around December. If, if not December, maybe January. That and sounds exciting. Immor Immortal Atlanta. You can find it on, on Facebook. It's on Facebook. So. Very cool. Is there a network yeah. attached to it? Not yet. Not yet. But there's lots of letters coming from the network. And uh, that's a uh, little bit of the information that we get as the days continue on. Another project that I was working on is a, a, a movie called Mr. Benson. And I'm not sure where that's at now. We're still working on funding for that. And it's, actually, it's an actual movie. And I play the third lead character in it. And uh, my character in the movie, I'm a, a police officer in New York. It's set in the early 80s. I am ex-military. I'm very prejudiced. And I have a white slave. Well, there you go. There you go. So we're waiting on that to 
waiting on funding. So there's um, a funding campaign for that, and it's called Mr. Benson the Movie. So you can actually find the trailer on YouTube, and uh, you'll see a snippet of me in there on that. Very awesome. Congratulations. All these mainstream uh, productions sound uh, really exciting. Right. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social networking, all of the goodies? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Cutler X. It's, it's actually Cutler X Xavier on Facebook. But if you type in Cutler X, you'll find me. I'm on Twitter, I, uh, Cutler X. No triple X, just Cutler X. Um, if someone is wanting to contact me, uh, as you said, I'm on Rent Boy. Um, they can find me there, or you can send me a, uh, an email at cutlerx at aol.com. Sounds perfect. And once again, for the listeners, it's rentboy.com slash cutlerx. So, Cutler X, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like uh, to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? The thing that I said once, I, I said it once before in an inter- interview, and it's not because I can't think of anything else to say, but when someone asked me, uh, when are you doing another movie, that makes me feel good, because that means you haven't had enough of me. So, uh, please don't stop asking me when I'm going to do another movie. And I appreciate everyone that's ever uh, sent me a text or a sent me a message and said that they liked my movies and um, that they liked the way that I do things. And um, I, I just appreciate that, you know, that after 10 years or after 12 years that people are still wanting to see more of me. Thank you. Well, Cutler X, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad that we finally could make this happen. And certainly the door is open for more. Whenever you want to come back, you're more than welcome to come back and update the listeners and your fans and supporters on what you've been up to. Okay. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tonight's episode of One-on-One with Poppy Chulo is brought to you by RentBoy.com. RentBoy.com is the original and the world's largest male escort site and the home of hashtag LoveWhatIDo. Watch exclusive videos, read in-depth interviews, and get a chance to meet some of the sexiest men in the world via RentBoy.com. Find out more at RentBoy.com forward slash LoveWhatIDo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. And with that, Cutler X and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. 
and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Radio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>